Welcome to the Triple Confirmed Podcast, where we discuss Bitcoin price talk, trading ideas, and much, much more. I am your host, The Baked Potato, a five-year crypto analyst and crypto YouTuber. Today's date is November 23rd. This is episode 128. Ooh, and what a wonderful Wednesday it is. (laughs) I feel like that's becoming my catchphrase for Wednesdays. (laughs) i'll keep playing off of it we have some new developments to talk about in the market today i was giving you guys a bit of a recap just before we got the session started um i'm going to go into it again just for our listeners on the podcast internets on the interwebs and then we'll continue on from where we were so as we spoke about on monday as soon as 2 p.m two hours before the daily close happened Everything started to stop dumping. Everything started to flatline out and started to find recovery. And over the last two days, that's exactly what we've done. You can see exactly 2 to 4 o'clock PST time, my time. So pretty much an hour from now, you know, started to bottom out and then started to recover. And that's, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a coincidence. It happens all the freaking time. The price action seems to push and push and push. A certain time period happens right before daily, and then things start to settle down. So, yeah, we've done exactly what we were talking about. We have started to recover here. The shorter terms, you know what? Actually, we're going we're gonna to talk about the macro first. We're going to talk about the macro and then work our way down. So, weekly is right on the edge precipice of either getting the TC by Sunday or not. I'm going to say that if we close below or around 16500 the weekly TC is going to hit and around e on eth it's it's under $1200 if we are above these prices by the time Sunday rolls around in 4 days I don't believe that we're actually going to get the TC on this weekly candle um especially if we're above 17500 and what that would say is essentially that the midterms And the midterm macros, stuff as far as our daily, um, three-day, 16-hour goes, is more than likely going to try and turn itself back up again. It is turning itself back up again. But um, as I spoke about, we don't have money flow pointing up yet, or even in the green. Green would be better. We're still heavy into the red, meaning that the overall, you know, there's still more sell pressure than buy pressure in the market space right now. Wolfpack is trying to work its way back up. There's clear bullish divergence in the shorter term and in the midterm macro as well. As far as Bitcoin goes, you know, there is there is good energy momentum here in this spot, but it's not confirmed yet. It's not 100%. It's definitely worth taking a starting position and being ready for it if it comes. Obviously, if you guys are in the Discord, you can see exactly what I'm doing in the trade channel. You can see the stop losses are tight from the entries. It's about a 4% loss for potentially a 20 to 40% gain. Maybe even better. We'll have to see, right? So it's just something to think about. I'm not telling you guys what to do. It's not financial advice. That's what I'm looking at right now. I am going to be looking for the shorter terms, the one hour and four hour over the next day or two to probably come back down a little bit, closer to 1600 bucks. ETH probably around 1140 or 1120, just somewhere around 1100 ish. 
to take my starting positions. I'm not going to take them right now. You should have already potentially taken entries based on 4-hour TC, uh, divergence. If you guys follow the strategy, you would have seen that. You would have known, yada, yada, yada. But we know that we have potentially 16-hour and 12-hour looking to TC back up in the next candle or two. So over the next day, overall, if we can close above, again, 16,500, and on ETH, above 11.75, uh, we should see continuation overall over the next uh, week or two or three. Again, the shorter terms, probably going to reject here pretty soon. And if they're not, we're just going to see continuation. We are pushing through and into resistance right now, potentially holding the market structure of the hourly and the four-hour market structure is still up here at 17,000. Uh, 17, Resistance coming in pretty much right where we are right now, 16,500. So if we're going to get rejected in the short term, there is some hidden bearish divergence here. You can see we're bouncing off the zero line. Uh, it's probably going to come back down. So I think being patient, waiting for that better entry of a higher low in the midterm short term, is a much better idea if you are going to take a long in this environment, which is still very bearish, right? Overall, I think we're still in a shorting environment. We still need to be looking for that lower high, wherever that may be, if that's 18,000, if that's 20,000, if that's whatever it may be. You know, we can come all the way back up to our resistance up here at around 19,500, hit it, reject, take another step down. That would be a significant squeeze for the bulls and the bears would grab more momentum in order to shove us down lower and maybe that's not the case maybe we don't reject off of that resistance maybe somehow in our midterm macro we actually go quite a bit higher right if we can get through these shorter term resistance levels and everything let's say we confirm three-day bullish divergence let's say money flow goes back into the green which is going to take again probably a matter of a couple weeks we really need the thing that I can see on the four days getting above 20, 21,000. Um, as far as ETH goes, it's going to be above 1660. So that's going to be the midterm macro key level resistance that we need to push back through. And is again, thick zones between 19 and 20, and between, I'd say, like 1650 and 1900 on ETH is thick resistance right now. You can see market structure and the 618 are coming in at the same spot. Market structure, fib lines, everything's above us right now. So the resistance is thick. We need to be aware of that. It may not pan out as much as we're thinking, but I do think that we could potentially go all the way back up to the midterm resistance, which is closer to potentially 14, uh, 1500 on ETH. On Bitcoin, it's probably closer to 19K, uh, 188. 800 something in that sense but again just being aware that this divergence could potentially confirm play out hold the weekly tc and the four day may tc back up sort of dealio if everything aligns itself back into an upside position we have confirmed divergence you know that's that's something you want to be a part of i i truly believe that so you know again having yourself positioned and ready for it if it does come being prepared if it all turns back down and goes to shit, you know, having that tight stop loss, being ready to potentially reshort or, you know, start a short if everything turns against it in the midterm is the proper way to go about this. 
You know, you can't get deterred from what you're seeing in the space, right? This, we, we tried to take that position on Friday. We got stopped out over the weekend or, you know, on uh, late Sunday. And that happens. Again, you know, we, uh, I, I don't think that our overall thinking was wrong. I think that we just took our position, uh, you know, a couple days too early, not accounting for the weekend and the Monday dippage. So that's what I'm thinking over with the cryptocurrencies right now. You can see that the DXY and the US 10-year have rejected over the last day or two quite heavily, much heavier than I think that most people were expecting, especially on the DXY, coming all the way back to market structure here of 106. 105.9 and potentially invalidating some sort of higher low potential here. I think what people were expecting was a converging wave, higher low, and then continuation, right? Cup, handle, continuation. The handle, at least as far as this shorter term goes, has pretty much been invalidated at this point, especially if it continues now. Money flow rejecting off the zero line, money flow pointing straight down, right? So, these are this is a very key level of support for the Dixie. It's a very key level of support for the US tenure at 3.7%. If we can push below this level or these levels, sorry, rather, we're gonna see continuation to the downside on these charts. We can see again my little drawing here that we drew back. I believe it was I can't even remember. I believe it was at the end of last month before I left, has pretty much since been playing out almost perfectly. A little bit of non-correlation in here, just with you know extra steps essentially. But overall, right, the structure is the same. And that's what we're looking for when we draw these types of things. The overall consensus of it to be what we were thinking. And that's exactly what we've got. So we've got both bearish divergence, stacked up head and shoulders. You've got a converging wave now. Well you already sorry, you had a converging wave, a secondary converging wave. And that's going to get lead to continuation to the downside. Um, as far as the S&P, we're pushing through and into that 4,000 point level. We've just re-triple confirmed ourselves back up on the four hour. Momentum's building. Let's move up into our daily for a second here and see that we're potentially, we're about to re-triple confirm potentially as of today. And again, as you're pushing into resistance, it's a very important level for the price to be doing so and more than likely continuing through this level. We still, you know, have to deal with 4,100, 4,200. Those are going to be this whole zone essentially between 4,000 and 4,200 is what we need to smash through. If we can get through and above 4,200 points on the S&P, we're going to see some sort of explosive move back into resistance which is potentially all the way back up to our 618 at 4,550 or even all the way to the top closer to 4,900. That would give us a new all-time high like forever, you know, and then we need to see how it plays out from there. It's probably not going to go much higher than 4,900 without some sort of retest, higher low, and then continuation. This is, you know, much more likely a rising wedge which is potentially a bearish situation overall, but this also could be some sort of continuation, explosion, 
fat bullish type of, of move if it does break through the rising wedge in a bullish fashion. So it's just something to keep in mind. Again, you know, looking at this thing, fat, fat bullish divergence on the four day in the shorter term here. Going back even further, we have some hidden stuff going on here uh, between the market liberator, hidden bullish, <sighs> hidden bullish here, here. It's, it's all over the place. So again, pushing through the key level resistance is what's most important right now. 4,000 to 4,200 points is going to be the critical. We got to get through it. We got to break this market structure. We got to turn everything back into a bullish fashion. But weekly, look at this. You got money flow into the green. You're triple confirmed. You've got bullish divergence on all three of your indicators. This is a very strong bullish signal as far as the S&P goes. And as I've been continuing to say, this, you know, as far as it goes for cryptos, it's going to pull itself out of this rut. If everything else continues to blow up and, and the S&P is making significant gains day after day, right? Everyone's going to be like, you know what? Who gives a shit about FTX? It doesn't even matter. In the overall long run, it means nothing. We've seen it a million times. Oh, this bad news. Oh, everything dumped. Oh, a week later, everything's higher than it was. Like, it's just, it's just how it works. So don't get too deterred by the FUD. It is overall just FUD. It's not like every exchange is going under right now. It's not like billions of Bitcoin, billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin is being sold off into the space, you know. There was millions of ETH. That was pretty shit. But again, it's just, it's adding fuel for the opposite move when Bitcoin does decide to essentially uh, magnetize itself back to the S&P price, which will happen at some point. S&P goes up another 200 points. We're still sitting around 17K Bitcoin. I I truly believe we would snap towards 23 to 25 where we should be before all this shenanigans happened. <sighs> all right, my friends. Um, Pio, do you have anything today you want to talk about? Anything going on that you've seen? Maybe you can talk a little bit about the uh, World Cup. I don't know. <laughs> I guess you've been watching that soccer or the football, sorry, rather. Ah, soccer is soccer is fine. We actually call it ground football in Ireland because we've got Gaelic football, which is one that we can you can pick it up and stuff. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I think uh, I think the markets are actually more interesting um, because yeah, like Eisner Price guys, like you know the plan and the thesis, the kind of mid macro thesis has not changed. This is a bear market until it's not, and you can have. Some of the greatest rallies in history were bear market rallies, so could, could be good opportunities in the way up, but you know, um, could be some good opportunities as well when we see a lower high. And I think the macro showing us that picture right now with you know, it's potato covered with the US 10 year yield and the DXY having a look at the euro as well versus the US, USD, which is probably the largest component of it. So, you know, that looks that looks like it's, it's you know, another correlation point. Um, so regardless of the shenanigans that have gone on in crypto, um, I think, you know, happy Christmas. <laughs> we could have a happy Christmas, uh, the way the markets are heading. Um, and perhaps, you know, great opportunities. I really like the way Jay you know, defaulted to showing his chart upside down on, on Monday. 
Mm-hmm. And really like that accolade, you know, um, because you don't have to wait every four years in crypto with the volatility that it has. And um, you know, instead of waiting for the pump, waiting for the dump, we, you know, there could be a beautiful opportunity between now and when I think the broader macro will found, find proper bottoms uh, next year. Um, so, yeah, with the Dixie and stuff like that, uh, US manufacturing data came out today slightly weaker, which, again, is just another thing telling us that we're kind of coming to the other side of this wave of inflation. And that will certainly play into the Fed's thinking in that, um, you know, a slightly weaker economy is is an expected side effect, or it's not even a side effect, and it's intended effect of raising rates. So if the economic data is telling them, hey, look, you've raised rates and CPI is coming down and manufacturing data is coming down and unemployment is creeping up, you know, they're like, you know, the machine is working uh, for the handle that they're pulling. And that could lower the eventual terminal rate that they want to reach. Um, and, and when things could, ugh, I hate using the word, but pivot. And I, I think pivoting is like at least a year away. 2024 is my expectation, actually. Um, but yeah, I think it gives the market the opportunity to say, hey, this could be bottom, or look, this is certainly a level that we should, you know, react at um, as support. Um, and maybe just one other thought attached to that is looking at the NASDAQ. Because um, crypto is tech, right? Uh, so I naturally look more to the NASDAQ as mm-hmm. how is this correlating? Um, uh, but I, you know, still wouldn't ignore the S and P. That's the big dog. You know, it's really going to give you the the real read on the big picture. And with all the job losses that are being incurred with the tech companies now, and, you know, there's quite a lot of bloodletting actually. And to my view, a lot of it was pent up. A lot of these are legacy companies in tech who just you know, it's a good old excuse to kind of clear clear, clear house. Uh, probably probably change leadership and stuff like that. HP was one today, the printer company. Yeah, yeah. those 6,000 people, that was, you know, that's been happening for a while. Um, I think they're just finally pulling the pin, but they're not amounting to even the full hiring spree that they went on from 2020 to 2022, you know. So, a bit of a washout, but not end of the world. And look at the reaction from, especially Meta, you know, the shareholders are like, yeah, Mark. You know, you're doing what we want. You're cutting the fat, you know, and you're seeing them all follow suit. And even Google today, we're like, look, we're going to get rid of 10,000 people. Google employed 183,000 people. I've done a lot of work with that organization. <laughs> they could lose 50,000 people. And there'd be no difference, mate. There's just so many people there doing nothing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly buy the rumor, sell the news. I think, like, in a couple of weeks, I'll be like, oh, yeah, the market's up again. The normies will be like, oh, what, what happened? You know? <laughs> right. You know, like, they were overvalued. The management teams did what they probably should do. You know, investors were impressed by that, you know? So the overall picture for tech, which is just such, Bitcoin is such a high beta, I think, is is um is not as bad as what things seem. Right. Sorry. We're we're still on track for what we were seeing regardless. And the you know, the layoffs aren't actually affecting that. I think is what you're kind of getting at, right? 
layoffs are certainly going to help an upside scenario. Really? In tech. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think like if you look at any of those charts, excluding Apple, because Apple is just, Apple's kind of like the tech, but Bitcoin is crypto by now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was certainly the strongest on the NASDAQ through the entire year. And you know, it was only down 16 or 18% versus, you know, some good companies were down like worse than the worst shit coins, you know, 90%. But I think they just got so vastly overvalued in the last two years. That overvaluation, um, shareholders and investors in the market, um, the way they saw it was the overvaluation um, had a correlation with the overhiring and obviously increase in operating costs and the likes of Zuckerberg, et cetera, kind of saying, hey, look, you know, we're going to, yeah, we took on too many people. Uh, we all made a bet that, you know, we, you know, I think they all thought we'd be in lockdown forever, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, and then recognizing the situation, I think, is specifically in regards to kind of Facebook or, or Meta. You know, I think shareholders have certainly reacted positively to, hey, maybe Zucker hasn't gone completely mental or soft. He's going to trim some fat here and lower his operational costs and realized, you know, actually, we're not in that trajectory. We're on the trajectory we thought we were on in 2019, which was good anyway, you know. And they're so vastly profitable companies bringing in five billion a quarter. So I think, yeah, I think that's what's after happening now. Uh, that excess value was, you know, um, I think is recognized to be kind of a bit of a fake. Um, yeah, yeah, I get exactly what you're saying, for sure. We were we were in a period of almost like unrealistic growth and um, uh, prosperity, and now we've kind of come back to reality. But reality is still good. Right, it's, really not, it's not. Yeah, exactly. Actually, reality is better for people who would be in a group like this. You know, <laughs> like everyone here is looking for alpha. They're looking for an edge. You know, when all boats aren't rising and everything isn't just like, you know, bull running, you got to work a bit harder. So people who do do better is my view. It's it's all about the perspective, right? Because like you could have, as we talked about in the last session too, you could have just literally sold out on the weekly div at 68k and now have just been sitting on your hands and now you have an opportunity to buy four to five times more asset than you could have bought at the time and with with free money essentially right it's not that you have to work harder i mean if you're if you're trading if you're trying to catch every you know little scalp and swing then yeah, you you are going to work harder. It's a lot easier to just catch an uptrend because uptrends tend to be slow going, and and like overall projection to the upside, right? Downside moves always come faster. They always come harder. They always come when when not a lot of people are expecting it. You know, they just chop it sideways for two weeks. No one's paying attention, and then everything falls off a cliff. So in that sense, it is a harder market to to grasp and to get a hold of but it's all about that perspective if you got out you were holding you're being smart your weekly tc's down you're not in the market anymore you're in tether or you're in dollars and you're just waiting patiently you know become the bezos become the just become the smart money think like them you know you can either be dcing or being even smarter and just waiting for that next macro signal if you'd been taking weekly TCs, you've taken four or five trades over the last four years. 
That's it. You don't need to be in a trade in every second of every day. Not being in a trade is a trade in itself. And being humble and reminding yourself of all that every day is something that you should do. Stare at yourself in the mirror. I don't need to be in a trade today. I made 100 times my money last year. Now I'm just enjoying it and living life and spending time with my family and not not trying to, you know, wasting it away by trying to get a perfect position. And then next week it dumps again. And the week after that, it dumps again. There's no point in that. Wait for the next macro. Turn around. For sure. Words, man. That's Thank wash. You. Like when it comes to relatives, I'm like, uh, and people outside this group, I'm like, hey, look, <laughs> you know, I think we're in a bear trend. Don't fight the trend, you know, like chill. Like, stop trying to do stuff. You know, we're in the middle of stuff. Um, and I think from an emotional perspective, this is just amazing training right now, you know, just really amazing training. You, you could you could break out trade 20K, you know, and not be like trying to nip in a 15 and it goes to 12 and you get liquidated. You're really annoyed with yourself, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, have a safety net, be ready, whatever. Try and build up. The, the whole point of a bear market is to try and make more cryptocurrency so that when you go into bull market, you're making more money. You shouldn't be trying to make money in the bear market. You should be trying to stack more sats, stack more ETH, stack more Doge, whatever you're into. Get more of it or have a plan to get more of it when it's, you know, the cheapest possible. But right now, you know, we know alts are down 80 to 95 percent from their highs. That's from what we've seen in previous alt runs. You know, about 90 to 95 percent is where they've bottomed out and they've started to turn around. You know, Bitcoin may still have some more time and chopping stuff to deal with, but the altcoins overall, I think, are pretty freaking close to a bottom. You know, you look at Litecoin over the last two weeks. We've gone up almost 100%. It's gone from like 40 to almost 80 bucks again. That does not happen in times of peril and doom and everything's going to zero, right? So it's, you know, it's just one of those legacy indicators, something to think about, something to look at. I don't think Doge is going much cheaper. I told Lars, I think he can account for this when we were hanging out in Texas. I'm like, you know, Doge looks like a great buy, but under 10 cents. Let it go to 8 cents. Let it go to 7 cents. Now it's there, right? Have you, you know, Lars, can you account for that? Have you bought some? Yes, indeed. Exactly. We didn't, you know, I had the idea that we were going there, but obviously we didn't expect a whole market crash in order to get it right but that's actually a good thing if you think about it it didn't just dump on its own it didn't just head back down to seven eight cents with with sell strength right it, it fell with the rest of the market falling 30 percent. that's a good sign when you really think about the the nitty-gritty details of it all right my friends i think we've been talking for long enough today for everyone that's got thanksgiving tomorrow for all our american friends I hope you guys enjoy your day, spend time with your families, drink a lot of alcohol, eat some delicious turkey and stuff. I obviously got to have my Thanksgiving last month. I know we're the weird ones up here in the land of snow, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys to have a great holiday. We appreciate all you guys for taking the time to listen today. Hopefully you got something good out of it. And make sure, as always, you check out TripleConfirmation.com. 
We've got our Vesting Plus page up. We've got our pre-sale registration page up. Ton of good information. We would appreciate the heck if you guys shared it with your friends, told your families about Triple Confirmation over the holidays, you know, what we're trying to achieve here. And yeah, we will catch you guys on Friday. Take care. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.